Hey friends, happy Thursday. Welcome back to a Bible study breakdown episode. And I just have to tell you, this is like the Bible study breakdown episode of all Bible study breakdown episodes on the podcast. That is a mouthful of words. Let me tell you why though. Let me tell you why this specific Bible study breakdown episode is so huge. It's because today we are talking about the Proverbs 31 woman. Now, over the last four, including this one, Bible study breakdown episodes, we've been in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is like an instruction manual, like the the, the all-time instruction manual for entrepreneurship, for handling money wisely. It's 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 an incredible book. But I saved what I feel is like the best for last. I saved the Proverbs 31 woman for our final week studying the book of Proverbs because these 21 verses, I counted 21 verses, are a foundational staple for this podcast. When I was creating the Bible's Babies and Business podcast, I was constantly thinking of the Proverbs 31 woman because she was a rock star. She loved the Lord above all else. She loved her husband well. She loved her children well. She managed her household really well. And she ran a thriving business. Like she, uh, she's hashtag goals. And so today what I'm going to do is we're going to go through the Proverbs 31 woman passages verse by verse, and we're going to glean the wisdom within these passages and apply it to our faith, to our marriage, to our motherhood, and to our online coaching businesses. So friend, I invite you to go grab your Bible, grab a highlighter, and let's get ready to dive into this episode of the Bible study breakdown, Proverbs 31 woman. Let's do it. Hey mama, welcome to Bibles, Babies, and Business. Are you ready to start an online biz, quit your nine to five, and stay home with your kids? Are you up late at night Googling online business ideas, how to market myself, and how to get my first paying client? Do you have lots of ideas, but feel overwhelmed when trying to figure out which ones to focus on so you can move your business forward? Hey there, I'm Cami. I'm a Christian, a wife, and a soon-to-be mom. A few years ago, I too felt drained by my day job and wished I could find a way to make money online. I wanted time freedom and the financial freedom to be a stay-at-home mom, but imposter syndrome kept creeping in and telling me, you could never make enough money doing that. And what if you do try and you fail? But then I discovered how to build an online coaching business from home. In this podcast, you'll find biblical principles for the Christian entrepreneur, online marketing tips to help you start and build an online coaching business from home and a whole lot of mom life because we're doing it all with a baby on our hip. So grab your Bible, snuggle your baby, and let's build your business because you were made for this. Now, usually in our episodes, I outline all the episodes and I usually tell you guys a story to kind of ease you in to the training that we're going to do today. However, Today, I'm just going to let the scripture do the talking. We are going to be going through the Proverbs 31 woman passages, which is 21 verses. We're going to go through them and we're going to glean the wisdom 
inside of these verses and apply it to our faith, our marriage, our motherhood, and our online coaching business. So we're not really going to um, do a whole lot of um, breaking the ice here in the beginning, if you will. We're pretty much going to dive right on in because there's lots of passages that we need to go through today. And I want to keep this episode under 30 minutes. However, I do need to tell you, have this 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 note, this uh, caveat here in the beginning, because I want you to have the right heart set as you are listening to me break down the Proverbs 31 woman passages. The purpose of the Proverbs 31 woman passages is not for us to compare ourselves to her, because what you're going to listen to here in just a moment, it is going to be very easy for you and for me to try and compare ourselves to this woman who, by the way, like most, most theologians don't believe that this was actually a woman, an actual human being that ever walked the earth. Most people believe that this, these passages are simply displaying the qualities of a wife of noble character, not telling you the story of an actual human that walked the earth. So I say that to you because I know that many of us here, myself included, wrestle with perfectionism. And when I read these verses, you're going to think, man, this woman is perfect. The purpose of these passages of this episode today is not for you to compare yourself to her. Because if you try to do that, each and every woman on this planet, we're all going to fall short. She is not an actual human being. But what she does do is she represents the qualities and the principles by which we can live by in our faith, in our motherhood, in our marriage, and in our online businesses. So I want you to prepare your heart, get a different perspective. We're not comparing ourselves to her. We are simply gleaning the wisdom of the principles that we can try to live by, not perfectionism to strive for. So with that being said, friend, I am going to jump right on in with Proverbs 31 verse 10. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. So first off, what I want to point out here is that I love how the Proverbs 31 woman passages starts off by highlighting marriage. Okay. It didn't start off by highlighting her qualities as a mother or a business owner. It started off by highlighting her qualities as a wife. A couple episodes back, we talked about the importance of the symbolism of like a groom and a bride being Christ and the church. And so I love like this image here of marriage between yes, a man and a woman, but also between Christ and a church. And it says she brings him good, not harm all the days of her life. I also love that it starts off with marriage first. And I also believe that that's symbolism in our life of, you know, what should our priority list look like in our life? Like obviously first and foremost, Christ needs to be at the center fold of everything we do. He needs to be number one in our life. After Christ, it needs to be our husband. There is only one other human on the planet that we are one with, and it is our husband. It's not our children. It's not our business. It's not our boss. It's not our friends. It's not our our, our pals that we get together with for coffee and watch the kids play on the playground. It is our man. 
Okay. And we need to make sure that we are pouring into him, bringing our husbands good and not harm all the days of our life. Let's be a resting place for our husband. Let's build him up. And if you're looking for practical ways to nurture your marriage, friends, then I challenge you to go back and listen to episode 81. I did an entire episode on how to keep the spark alive with your husband, even when you are busy running an online coaching business. So that episode has so much goodness in it for how to keep that spark alive with your man. But I just, I love how the, this passage starts off by highlighting marriage. All right. Starting in at verse 15. 13. It says she finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She is like a merchant's ship bringing her food from afar. Now I, to be very honest, like I, I didn't really understand what those verses meant. So I had to do a little digging today. And what I found in, in doing some research behind these two verses, it says when she finds wool and flax and busily spins it, essentially what she's doing is she is taking the skills that she has she is actively going out and looking for opportunities to use her skills in order to earn a living to provide for her family. So she's using her skills with, with wool and with flax. She's busily spinning it and using those skills. She's like a merchant ship bringing food from afar. So she's using her skills to earn an income and then she's using that income to provide food for her family. That's why it compares her to a merchant ship bringing food from afar. And what a beautiful picture of what I feel like the online coaching space, specifically women in this podcast, because a lot of you here are moms that are wanting to use your God-given skills, the, the gifts that God has given you in order to earn an honest income to provide a financial blessing for your family. And I just, I love this verse because it's like a permission slip from the Lord. Like, hey, I gave you these gifts. I want you to use them to bless your family financially. Like (laughs) permissions granted to go out and earn an income for your family. So I love that verse. Going into verse 15 now, it says she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household and plan the day's work for her servant girls. This one, this verse hits me hard every single time. And here's why. Um, Your girl loves sleep. (laughs) It's something I'm working on. I, the Lord convicts me of it all the time. I'm really trying you guys to get, sorry, Memphis was shaking his collar. I'm really trying hard to get into a nighttime routine to get a great night's sleep so that I can wake up early in the morning because it says right here, she gets up before dawn to prepare breakfast for her household. And let me just have a hot moment with you, a humble, open and transparent moment. I struggle with getting up early in the morning. I struggle with that. It's like every morning, it is just like, it is, it is the worst. It's the worst part of my day. The worst part of my day is when my alarm goes off in the morning. However, the Lord, the, the verse of the day today, ironically, guys, was <laughs> Hebrews 12, verse 11. Um, you're going to laugh when you hear this because you're going to know that this was the Lord convicting me this morning when I didn't get up at my alarm. Um, it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So that's just my little hot moment with you, humble, open and transparent about how the Lord convicted me this morning about how I needed to glean the wisdom of this passage in the Proverbs 31 woman 
to get up before dawn, okay? Now, this is not like a one size fits all. I don't know what your schedule looks like. Maybe it actually works better for you and your family for you to get up at like eight or nine o'clock in the morning. I have no idea what, what it looks like for your family. However, the wisdom behind this verse is that the Proverbs 31 woman, she is not lazy, okay? She also, she has a game plan. It says not only does she get up before the dawn to prepare breakfast for her household, so, so she's getting up early, she's serving her family, let's acknowledge that, but she's also planning the day's work for her servant girls. When she walks into her workday, she has a game plan. She's not opening up her laptop, just blankly staring at what in the world do I do? Like, what do I do? Like, she has a game plan. So if you are right now struggling with, what do I even do in my workday? I want you to write down all of your goals and then reverse engineer how you're going to hit all of those goals. Now, these can be goals in your personal life, um, maybe at your corporate job, maybe in your coaching business. And if you're needing support in how do I get my coaching business off the ground? Well, then, girlfriend, I want you to slide into my DMs at Kimmy.Wilkie. That is... That's what I'm here for. That that's, um, you know, like in The Little Mermaid, like when Ursula's like, "Oh, darling, that's what I'm here for." Okay, that's what I'm here for for you. I'm here to help you get your coaching business off the ground. Um, so she plans the workday for her servant goals. She has a game plan. Also, she has help. Now let's acknowledge this, ladies. She, this woman has servant girls. She's not. She's not a one woman show. She's not doing this all by herself. So let this be a moment for you, a permission slip even from the Lord, that if you feel like you are drowning in your life between housework, between your corporate job, between your coaching business, between trying to love your husband well and also get the laundry done and get um, get little uh, pee off to soccer practice or whatever it is, acknowledge that you are one human being. There are only 24 hours in the day and eight of those you should be sleeping, okay? So it is okay to ask for help. Maybe it's time to call your mom and see if she can help you with carpool. Maybe it's time to have a conversation with your husband and see, hey, honey, can you come home from work a little bit earlier or can you help me with this or can you help me with that? Can you help me tackle laundry? Having a collaborative conversation. Maybe it's time to get a babysitter involved. Okay, and if you don't have a babysitter, let me tell you about an awesome resource called care.com. This is a website that all of these people on here, I believe they're all background checked people that live in your area that are wanting to find work by babysitting or nannying kids in the local area. It's an incredible, incredible thing. I don't have kids yet, but they have a similar thing called Rover, which is for dogs, care for dogs, and I have used that one. So friend, anyway, I digress. You're one person. You need help. You cannot do this all by yourself. So please, please stop trying to. Maybe it's a pride thing. Maybe you feel like there's scarcity. Maybe, maybe, maybe you have this, this, um, this, maybe it's, it's, it's a response mechanism to some trauma that you had growing up. And now you feel like you have to do everything else on your own. That's not the case. Okay. Let's glean the wisdom of the Proverbs 31 woman and, and ask for help. Okay, moving on. Verse 16. She goes to inspect a field and buys it. With her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong, a hard worker. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. I want to pause right there. For every Christian entrepreneur that is struggling with charging, 
that is struggling for asking for the sale, that is struggling with the concept of getting paid for your skills. And maybe you're even struggling with like, I feel like maybe you're, maybe you feel like money is evil. Let's just recognize that this woman is a, she's a businesswoman and she's making sure that at the end of the day, her prof, she, her net is profitable. So she's not undercharging in other words. She is not doing all of this work for free in the name of being oh so quote unquote holy, okay? It's not holy to have an unhealthy relationship with money. And I feel like that's where many Christian coaches who are struggling with finances, like I feel like that's where many of us are stuck. We somewhere along the line had it mis mis explained to us, if that's even a phrase, somewhere along the line, someone told us that money was bad, that rich people are bad, and that it would be horrible for our spiritual journey to have money. Friend, let me tell you right now, that could not be farther from the truth, especially if you are in business. The entire book of Proverbs is like an instruction manual for how to run our life with wisdom, discernment, and discipline. And it talks a lot about money. Okay. I encourage you to read the book of Proverbs. It's really, it's really a fun book to read and also talk, gives us lots of wisdom on money. Here's one of those verses. If you're in business, you need to be profitable. Okay. So I, I, what you need to do, whatever it is that you need to do, you need to, to reverse engineer, you know, where's, where are these feelings coming up for me? Why am I having so many challenges with my relationship money? Do what you have to do to make sure that your dealings are profitable because you are not running a nonprofit organization. You are running a business and your dealings need to be profitable. Okay. And it says, uh, the last part of that, it says her lamp burns late into the night. Verse 19, her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. Now, busy is a word that is used in my Bible and I have the NLT version and it uses the word busy. Now, a lot of us here are using the word busy. Oh, I'm just so busy. Oh my gosh, it was just a busy day. We're using that almost like as a badge of honor where I circled busy in this passage and I tr really tried to understand, you know, what is the Lord saying to us here? Her hands are busy spinning fiber. Her, her fingers twisting fiber, excuse me, busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. I don't believe that God is asking you to be busy in what the modern day version of busy looks like. God is not asking you to overbook yourself. God is not asking you to have every 15 minute increment of your day planned out. What the Proverbs 31 woman is doing here is she is utilizing her gifts to be productive. She is focused. She is productive. She is not idle. She's not just sitting by, sitting down, watching life go by. She is doing something productive. She's using the gifts that God gave her to make a difference. I think back to the parable of talents in Matthew 25. You know, like, you know that parable where it's talking about how this man dishes out money to different people and he gives like one bag of money to one person and like, I think it was like five bags of money to somebody else and 10 bags to somebody else. He gives the talents in accordance of each person's potential. And then he returns back and he's like, hey, you know, you know, can I have, you know, my investment back? Like, like show me what you did with what I gave you. And two of the three people had 
turned around and and invested what the man had given them using the gifts that they were given in order to create more. And one person was so afraid to use the gift that they were given. They were so afraid of, of maybe even losing it. Maybe it was laziness. I, I don't really know what, what the fear was behind it, but they were so afraid that they just took the money and they buried it. And then they tried to play it off like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, aren't you so proud of me? I was so worried that I would like mess up the gift that you gave me. So I just buried it. Here it is. Here's it back. And in the parable, it was like distasteful that this person who had received a gift didn't even have the audacity to utilize the gift in order to make something of that. And I feel like that's how many of us are using or, or are approaching our gifts in life. Like God has given us all of these gifts and many of us are just letting our gifts sit on the shelf because maybe we're too afraid to use them. Maybe we're afraid of failure. Maybe we are using the phrase, it's just not a good season for me right now. I don't feel peace about it right now. Like we use all of these phrases that sound really good to dress it up. But at the end of it, the core is that we were given gifts. And the question is, are we using them? This Proverbs 31 woman, she had gifts of knowing how to spin thread and twist fiber. And it says she was busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. In other words, she was productive with her gifts. And so I want to turn this question to you, friend. Are you productive with the gifts that God has given you? Or are you burying it in the sand? Okay, something to think about. Moving on, verse 20. She extends a helping hand to the poor, her and opens, excuse me, and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. Now, so obviously here it says that she is a she's a very generous woman. She she offers a helping hand to the poor. She opens her arms to the needy. She has a very clear understanding that the resources that the Lord has graciously given her, they are for her, they are for her family, but they're also for the people around her. And she approaches her resources with generosity. And that's also, friends, how we need to approach, need to approach our resources, realizing that the income that we earn, it's not only for ourselves. Like, yes, it is for our family. We do need to pay off our debt. That's biblical to owe, owe, owe people nothing but to love them. We do need to pay off our debt. It is, we are called to be profitable. We are called to be wise with our money. We should be providing for our family. But also recognize that like, we are also called to be generous to other people with our resources. Let me tell you, it is a lot easier to be generous with your resources when you have enough resources to go around. I hear this phrase sometimes I feel like with, with Christian coaches when they say, you know, I, I want to make money in my business, but I don't want to make too much money. Like I, I, I really just want to make enough for myself and my family. And when you think about that on the surface, it looks really holy. It looks like, oh yeah, like you're not wanting to be greedy. Like, like you don't want to, you don't want to, you're not, you don't want to lust after money. That's what it looks like on the surface. But when you dig deep into that, into that statement, I just want to have enough for me and my family. At the root of it, it really is selfishness. You only want enough resources to take care of you and your family, but not anybody else. Like what if God wanted you, wanted to bless you so big that you could take care of yourself and your family and your neighbor in time of need? 
If we are not open to receiving that, if we are so stuck in a poverty mentality, friends, we could even fool ourselves to make ourselves think that we're being humble, that that we're avoiding greed. But in reality, if we only are seeking to earn enough money for ourselves and our families, really, are we being as selfless as we're making ourselves out to be? Or is that just selfishness wrapped up in a pretty blanket to try and make it look holy? Something to think about, okay? Um, the next verse, she has no fear of winter for her household for everybody has warm clothes. I was instantly, I I read that verse and I instantly thought of another verse in Proverbs, Proverbs 20 verse four, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. The reason why she's not afraid of winter is because she prepared for winter. Friend, the reason why There are many people right now that are not afraid of the recession that everybody keeps talking about is because people are preparing for the recession. They are working hard in their businesses or in their careers. They are saving up for a rainy day. They're making sure that they're applying wisdom to their finances, that they are utilizing every resource for the glory of the Lord. Let's make sure that we are doing the right work in the right season. Last week on my Instagram stories, I did like a little, I shared my thoughts on that verse. Again, Proverbs 20, verse four, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. And this is what I had said on my Instagram stories. I said, as coaches, we all know that we have to put effort into our business in order to get clients and make money. That's a given. No one is questioning that. But tonight I was focusing in on the right season. In that verse, it says too lazy to plow in the right season. In other words, plowing a field in the wrong season, although you're technically doing the right work, you're not going to yield a harvest. There is specific work to do in specific seasons. If you want to see a harvest plowing in the winter makes no sense. Harvesting in the spring makes no sense. We have to do the right work at the right time, friends, if we want to see a harvest. So how does this apply to our coaching businesses? And I think many of us right now, we're we're doing the right work, but maybe we're doing it in the wrong season. Maybe this could look something like, you know, you're launching your new program, but you didn't do the market research first. You're hoping to get more clients, so so you're posting content every day. But then you're just sitting back and hoping that somebody slides into your DMs ready to buy. You're, you're posting and hoping, which is not a strategy, by the way. You're jumping on sales calls and you're, you're pitching your offer. That's good. But you didn't take the time to actually get to know the person first so they don't trust you enough to hand over their credit card when you ask for the sale. Friend, you are doing the right work. You're just doing it in the wrong season. Like this was huge revelation for me. And so no wonder she has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She prepared for winter. She did the right work in the right season so that when winter came, she and her family were prepared. 
Moving on, verse 22. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. So I'm not going to camp out here for too, too long. There's some other verses I want to go through. But essentially, you know, especially in that in that verse 22, she makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. I did some research around this and really what my biggest takeaways were is that she takes care of her home and she takes care of herself. She presents herself and she presents her home with dignity. This doesn't mean that you have to go out and buy um, all the fancy clothes. It doesn't mean that you have to buy all the fancy home decorations. But what this is saying is take care of what you have. You prayed for the house many, many years ago. Are you taking care of the house now with the earnesty of which you prayed for it in the previous season? Same thing like maybe with, with a vehicle. You prayed so hard that God would make a way for you to have the vehicle. Now you have the vehicle. Are you leaving your kids as like goldfish crammed into the carpet and, and leaving the car dirty? Or are you taking care of the car with the earnesty of which you prayed for it in a previous season? So I think it's a really great check-in that we can do with ourselves of, hey, are we taking care of the things that we prayed for? Are we putting dignity into our homes and in the ways that we present ourselves? That's important. Moving on with verse 25. We're doing good on time, friends. We just passed, um, looks like 27 minutes-ish. By the time I have the intro in here, it's probably gonna be about 30. We're gonna be a little over 30 minutes. It's okay, we're almost done. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. That's one of the most famous verses here in the Proverbs 31 woman. I think that this really speaks to, she is not obsessive with fear, anxiety, worry. She trusts the Lord to take care of her future. Now, she's also a woman that she's not just kicking back and doing nothing and letting God do all the dirty work. She is taking care of the things that God has asked her to take care of. And then she has released and surrendered the outcome to him. And because she trusts the Lord so much, she is able to laugh without fear of the future. It says, when she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. Ooh, okay. So essentially, she's, when she speaks, she speaks life. She's not cutting other people down. She's not pointing out other people's flaws. She's not nagging her husband. She's not yelling at her kids. I wrote down this phrase. I think our pastor said it when they were going over this verse, I can't remember where it was, but essentially she has a father filter over her mouth. When something comes to her mind, and it's about to come out her mouth. She has a father filter on it. She doesn't say everything that she's thinking. Ladies, and this is a message for me. Holy cow, is this a message for me? I'm a talker. Um, you've probably figured that out at this point. I have a podcast. Um, I am a talker and I do have a tendency to say exactly what I'm thinking. That's not always bad, but there is a time and place to speak. And friends, there is a time and place to be quiet. And the, in the Bible, it has, has, tells us over and over that fools say what they're thinking all the time. Wise people 
learn how to keep their mouths shut. And I just want to raise my hand right here and say, I am learning how to keep my mouth shut in certain situations. There's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. When she speaks, she makes sure that her words are life giving. She has a father filter over her mouth. It says she carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. We could spend an entire episode on that. I think it kind of speaks for itself. Um, we'll touch on it here in a second. Um, or for just a second, she cares about things going on in her home. She assumes responsibility as the homemaker of her household. She is the gatekeeper of her home. Nothing comes in her home without her knowing. Nothing leaves her home without her knowing. She knows that she is responsible for overseeing her home. And she does that with dignity. Um, she also suffers nothing from laziness, which is something for me, myself and I to really strive for specifically when it comes to my wake up times. I'm very diligent and disciplined in other areas of my life with my workouts, with my food, with my business. I'm very disciplined, but when it comes to my alarm in the morning, I am, I struggle. <laughs> I struggle a little something about me. Um, and so this is, this is, this is a word for me. Okay, friends, let's wrap it up with the last one, two, three, four verses. And then we're going to close out today's episode. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. What the note was that I wrote down next to this was all of the accomplishments, all of the amazing things that we just read about, all of it started with her fear of the Lord. And when it, when we talk about fear of the Lord, this is not like fear that you have in like a horror movie. This is like a reverence for the Lord, a deep respect for the Lord. And so everything that we just finished reading was the fruit that she was able to harvest because of her fear of the Lord. All of those things were the result of her having a deep respect and love and relationship with her heavenly father. And I'm reminded of the verse, seek the kingdom of God above all else and everything will be added unto you. Friends, we have to start with seeking the Lord first. If, you, if I just, you know, if you're getting to the end of this episode and you're like, Amy, how do I do all of those things? Here's step one, have a deep love, a deep respect and a deep relationship with your heavenly father. And out of that relationship with the heavenly father will come the fruit or the result of the Proverbs 31 woman's life. It's not, these are not promises. God is not promising that if you have a deep love and respect for him, that you're going to have like a, a really fat bank account. That, that he's not promising that. The book of Proverbs are principles to live by, not promises that God is making. But it all starts with a deep reverence and respect for our Heavenly Father. So friend, 
I just want to thank you for tuning in with me today. And I just would love to end this episode doing something a little new. I would love to just pray over you. And then we're going to close out. So Father, thank you so much for allowing me to have this podcast and to get to speak to your daughters every single week, um, especially in these Bible study breakdown episodes. And Lord, I pray that, that this episode would reach the ears of the woman that you want it to reach. Father, I pray that you would bring wisdom and discernment and discipline to each and every woman that listens to this episode. Father, I pray that each and every woman here would have a deep reverence for you, a deep love, um, and, a, and a deep respect for you, Father. Really a, a fear of the Lord. And from that, God, I pray that there would be fruit and fruit in abundance. That is the result of overflow because of their deep reverence of you, God. Father, I pray that, pray that you would protect each and every woman here this week and bring them back next week to listen to Monday's episode. And Father, may you be glorified in everything we do, in every piece of content that we we post this week, every single conversation we have, everything that we do, Lord, every conversation, like every, every time we open our mouth, Lord, let it be a sweet hymn to your ears. In Jesus' holy and heavenly name we pray, amen. Friend, thank you so much for tuning in with me. I would love to invite you to come hang out with me on Instagram. My handle is at cami.wilkie. You can find that down in the show notes. I have content happening there Monday through Friday. I would love to hang out with you there. Come slide into my DMs. Let me know that you listened to this episode and how the Lord spoke to you through it. I'll see you on Monday. Hi friend, thank you so much for tuning in to the Bibles, Babies, and Business podcast. If you learned something from today's episode or if it blessed you in any way, I would love to know. You can head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review and I may just read your review on the show. Thank you again for being here and I pray that God would fill you with peace in your faith, your motherhood, and your business because you were made for this.